This is Argo's Game Day. Argo! On TSN 1050, the home of Argo's football. A win, and the Argonauts reclaim first in the East. A loss. And they'll feel Ottawa nipping at their heels. Welcome to Argonauts football here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. Kickoff coming just after 4 p.m. between the Toronto Argos and the Montreal Alouettes down at BMO Field. CNE is on, and the pregame show is brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at kubota.ca. Coming up in the pregame, we'll... Chat with Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Argos in a few minutes. We'll hear from Mark Tressman, head coach of the Argos, as well as our sideline reporter, Kate Pedersen. Yeah, the C&E is, is on. There's the deal that you get an Argos ticket, you get into the Canadian National Exhibition. A great time of year, perfect time for football. And as Labor Day creeps up, every single game becomes that much more important. Because the old line in the CFL, all right, well, the real season starts after Labor Day. Well, we're almost at Labor Day. And if the Alouettes win this game, they take the season series against Toronto. What that means down the road is they would own the tiebreaker. Ottawa beat the Ticats yesterday. They're now 2-6-1. and one. They're one point back of Toronto and Montreal. So whichever one of these two teams loses today, the Red Blacks are pushing. And that's a team I've said since really the beginning of the year, no matter how bad their struggles have been, can be dangerous post-Labor Day, and they get the BC Lions next week who have quarterback problems with Jonathan Jennings underperforming again in their 21-17 loss to the Calgary Stampeders last week. So things are tightening up in the East. It's going to be very interesting to track. Of course, the storyline to follow in this game, Ricky Ray, he's back. Missed the one week, back under center. Hurt his shoulder during the Calgary Stampeders, missed it a week ago in Montreal. We know what happened in that game, folks, right? 21-9. to Argos couldn't move the ball. You had Jeff Matthews start the first two quarters, went 8-for-12, 67 yards through the air. Ooh. Cody Fajardo took over after half, passed for 75 yards, ran for 60. It's just a different offense when you don't have Ricky Ray in there. That's true for all, pretty much all across the CFL. Really, any level of football. If you lose your starting quarterback, things aren't going to go as smoothly. For the Argos, there's that big drop-off. Now, one plus was Brandon Whitaker showed that, hey, if you hand him the rock, he can deliver. Ran for a big chunk of 30 yards, 13 carries for 96 yards. So he can do it. Anthony Coombs looking to have a bounce back week. And really, under, with Ricky Ray, as long as he can stay on the field, it's going to be more comfortable for everybody. So before Ricky went down, you had Anthony Coombs turning into one of his favorite targets. We know the huge games that SJ Green can have. And now it's not in Montreal, but he's still playing his old team, so you'd think there'd be some, some passion extra still there. Uh, you have Jeff Fuller, of course, still kicking around, Armonte Edwards. And it's going to be, uh, it, I think for the Argos, it's going to be all about, all right, come out fast, show Ricky's comfortable, get back into that rhythm, and take it to the Alouettes. Because the defense wasn't that bad, right? Like, they only, they only allowed 21 points. You take 21 points in a CFL game... That's, that's pretty good. So, again, we'll hear from the coach, Mark Trussman, and uh, Kate Pedersen a little bit later on. We can go down to BMO Field now with Mike Hogan. Uh, Hoagie, are you there down at BMO? No, no, I'm not. I decided to uh, mail oh. it in today. I'm, I'm actually at home in Whitby by the pool. Oh, Thank you. Oh, God. Uh, calling the game off the TV. Well, we've, we've had worse, Hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's no it? comment. <laughs> uh, good to have you down. How's the atmosphere, man? It's the C&E on. Uh, I'm sure the energy's great. Yeah, it's good. I mean, they, they, there are people. Uh, it's actually a pretty good lineup to get in uh, at this stage, and there are obviously a ton of people around the midway as well. But I know when I grew up in, in Kingston, um, this building, and uh, the old building, I guess, to our immediate right, the, the old uh, Exhibition Stadium, yeah. seemed like it was about 40 million miles away. Like, I didn't get, <laughs> I never got to an Argo game as a kid, even though I probably watched all of them on television. Um, 
but I always during the the C and E it was always neat because they had the rides like they had this rickety old roller coaster the flyer that was just beyond the uh, the stadium walls and they had, it was a permanent roller coaster and they had the Alpine Way these little gondola things that used to fly over the uh, the midway on this giant cable like big cable cars and I always thought that that was the coolest thing in the world that you could go to the midway and then go to a CFL game yeah and you know I, the way that they have it structured now is if you bought a ticket for today's game. You get into the grounds for free, and that's that's what they want to go uh, in the future here. The, get the relationship, uh, you know, sort of geared up again between the CNE and the Toronto Argonauts, and it's going to be fun in here today. I mean, it's a carnival atmosphere literally outside the gate, and hopefully there's uh, there are enough thrills to go on inside the building tonight to keep people occupied. Well, Hoagie, I, I remember as a kid going down, you do the CNE during the day or whenever the game was, and then. I just have a, a, a vision as a young kid at Exhibition Stadium. You're up and you can look onto the lake and you can see the sailboats. And you can yeah. see it out there. Yeah. It, it was really cool. So people get to, to have that, but with the extra benefit of, uh, hey, you get to go to the CNE for free if you get that Argo ticket. It's that time of year, right? You know, it's kind of that farewell to summer, and uh, the kids have these couple of weeks before they get ready to gear it up for Labor Day and get back to school. And uh, hey, it's 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 Canadiana with yeah. the Canadian Football League, and it's real Toronto kitsch to a degree as well with the CNE. It's just such a fab- has been such a big part of the fabric of this city for literally over a hundred years. Well, Hoagie, the storyline coming into tonight, I think, is twofold. Uh, everybody says, of course, you know, the real season starts after Labor Day, but this is such a big game between the Argos and the Alouettes because Alouettes can take the season series, which means they win tiebreakers if it comes down to that, and first place is on the line. Oh, oh by the way, Ottawa won yesterday. They're nipping at your heels. So even though it's before Labor Day, this is a big game today. Oh, absolutely. And I think in the East, among those quote-unquote big three, any time that these two teams uh, with Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto, when there's a head-to-head involved, uh, it's really important. It, it, it literally is the four-point game. And, uh, you know, only two teams in the East are going to the playoffs. Like, there is hmm. there's no doubt at this stage of the season that the fourth-place team in the uh, in the West is going to cross over, unless something really strange happens. But, you know, BC's already sitting there with 10 points, and in the East, uh, the third-place team has five points. So wow. it's, it's, it's going to be a minor miracle uh, for all of the teams in the East, or at least the top three, to finish ahead of the fourth-place team in the West already. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it really, really ratchets up the importance of this game uh, because only two teams from the East are going to the postseason. Hoagie, before we get to Ricky Ray, quick side point with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They fall to 0-8. They hung around in the first quarter, or first half and then just collapsed. And, you know, you, you saw the pictures and, and video as well as I did, I'm sure, with Zach Calaris just looks beside himself. Yeah. They go into the bye week. Quick note on the Tiger Cats. Like, this, is, this team is not... It's not an 0-8 team, but there comes a point you just get into your own head, and they, they just can't dig out of anything. I, I disagree. It's an 0-8 hmm. team. It, real, it really is. I, okay. I tweeted that out last night. I said Ottawa's not a 1-6-1 team. No, definitely not. But Hamilton's 0-7 at the time was pretty reflective of what they're all about this year. They're not good. They don't have the talent to compete. Kolaris doesn't look like Kolaris. Um, it, you know, Speedy B last night, perfect example. Wide open. He's got he's got a step and change on the, on the defensive back. They throw a bomb and hits him right in the mitts. Oops. Yeah, juggled it. You know, Steedy, uh, Speedy B, the B was for Butterfingers last night. <laughs> uh, it was it was awful. It's a bad football team. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, they, they, they've got some guys on the injured list, but uh, name a team that doesn't. Edmonton's doing all right with all of the guys they have on the injury sure. list. Toronto's front four is still spectacular. They're still leading the league in, in sacks, despite having three of their four starters on the sixth game. It's, it's insane what this group has done. So every team goes through injury. So that's not an excuse. No, no. I just don't think the Hamilton Tiger Cats are good enough right now. They're not as good as the other teams in the East. And the East isn't as good as the West. So that kind of tells you where Hamilton is right now. Yeah, and that's why, like you said, the top two are going to make it. But, Hoagie, it was weird that like coming into the season, it was, okay, hey, it's going to be Ottawa-Hamilton, and we'll see what happens with Montreal and Toronto. And it's completely flipped. I had If you, if you had, have had me to write down my predictions at the beginning of the season, um, if I was standing on my head right now, it would be accurate. Because I had <laughs> Hamilton first, Ottawa second, right. Toronto third, and Montreal fourth. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm baffled at how Montreal beat Calgary. I still don't understand that one. Uh, Hamilton, I don't understand uh, because I thought that their talent level was better than what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not. 
Um, Ottawa has lost some ridiculously close games. Uh, the, the two off uh, the top against Calgary were both winnable. They ended up with a loss and a tie. They lose to the Argos on the last play of the game both times. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it's been tough for them, but they're better than a 2-6-1 team. The Argos probably are where they deserve to be right now at 3-5. and five. I, th- That's all right, though, because you've got... a essentially a brand new team you've got nine new starters on defense a new coach uh, a couple of new guys on offense that are new but trying to learn the the revamped Milanovic system which is essentially the same but just Tressman's looking at it a little bit differently there are other options now for uh, for receivers particularly so it's 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 a learning process so to be three and five at this stage of the season I don't think is horrible at all for the Toronto Argonauts uh, with Ricky Ray healthy and this uh, defense coming together and getting some of their D line back uh, it's only going to be a better team as you get on the other side of Labor Day well yeah and, and last week's game against Montreal if Ricky Ray was in there we know uh, they would have gotten more than nine points oh, sure. so Absolutely. that's that, that that's kind of the the outlier there, but as as we said, listen, injuries happen. So Ricky Ray back, Hoagie. From what you're hearing, is he ninety percent, hundred percent? Like, how's that shoulder? From what I've been able to ascertain, and R- Ricky would tell me some stuff, but wouldn't tell me some other stuff when when I talked to him on on Tuesday. What he said on Tuesday, and I don't think this is speaking out of turn. There's no acute pain. Hmm. Sometimes when you're injured, um, when you move it, there's going to be a sharp pain. That's not there. The problem seems to be with inflammation. So, you know, he'll pop a couple of Advils or whatever before the game, get the uh, get the swelling down and go out and play well, and then deal with whatever, uh, whatever pain there is afterwards. He said he was throwing essentially pain-free... There was a little discomfort, but it wasn't affected, uh, affecting what he was doing. He, he was he was worried when he started throwing about the deep routes, and the deep routes are fine. So I think if you didn't know Ricky Ray had a bad shoulder uh, from a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, if you were watching today, you wouldn't know that he's got a bad okay. shoulder. Okay. And uh, scratches today, Hoagie, we have uh, Matthews and Jones. So Jeff Matthews, yeah, who started last week. Uh, the the healthy scratch uh, with Cody Fajardo backing up Ray. No, yeah, the, no surprise there. No, not at all. They've, they they have four quarterbacks in camp, and what they've been doing, and they started this last year with Cody Fajardo because of the small roster sizes in the CFL. They started using Cody Fajardo on punt cover. Hmm. And Matthews can't do that, but Dakota Prukop can. Uh, Dakota's a freshman uh, rookie, I guess, up here out of the University of Oregon. He was uh, uh, their starter at the beginning of last season. So he's on punt cover right now. He's got three special teams tackles. And he's the third-string quarterback. Oh. Uh, so you've got that extra body around if you use Prukop, which you know uh, I, I think is a really nice way to use the um, uh, the depth chart if you can do it. So Ray is QB1, Fajardo is QB2, but Prukop has moved ahead of Matthews. Doesn't mean they're more comfortable with him running the offense than Matthews. We know that's not the case because of what happened last week. But uh, but they use Prukop on, on punt team. So that's, that's why you're seeing Matthews uh, as the odd man out tonight. All right, Hoagie, we'll let you get set up, and we'll rejoin you down at BMO in a few minutes. No, 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 no. Backyard. Oh, ba- Hoagie, backyard, feet in the pool. Splash. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See? <laughs> there. Love it. Have the, have the rubber ducky in there, Hoagie. There we go. Thanks, Eddie. Okay. Mike Hogan. He might be in the pool. He might be down at BMO. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Argos pregame show brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota.ca. Take the break on the other side. We'll get a scene set. How does it feel down on the field and around the stadium with our sideline reporter, Kate Pedersen? And we'll also hear from Toronto Argonaut head coach Mark Tressman coming up on the Argonaut pregame show here on TSN 1050. Hi, I'm Bear Woods, linebacker for the Argos. You're listening to Argos Football on TSN 1050. Welcome back to the Argonauts pregame show here on TSN 1050. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. Myself at AndyMC81. Pregame show brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota. .ca. Very important game this afternoon, folks. You have the Argos in the rematch against the Montreal Alouettes. First place in the East on the line, as well as if Montreal wins, they take the season series, and that could have huge implications with tiebreakers later on in the season when it comes to playoff seating and playoff time. Kickoff is going to come up just after 4 o'clock, but let's get a scene. It's the CNE. Kicked off this Friday. The Canadian National Exhibition. Love going down there as a kid. And now if you get a Argos ticket for today's game, you get into the CNE for free. So I want to get a scene set. Let's go down to BMO Field. Our sideline reporter, Kate Pedersen. Kate, how's it going? 
Andy, it's great. It is beautiful down here tonight. Uh, so I was going to ask, like, is there is there a buzz? Like, you have the background of the C&E, you have all the carnival noises. Like, what what's the atmosphere like around the stadium? It's very busy. The lakeshore is packed. Uh, Hoagie tweeted that he took the GO train in and jokes on everyone who didn't because <laughs> it is wild down here, as it always is at the end of August. Yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. No, the, the GO train is definitely a smart bet if uh, if you can do that. Avoid the, the parking. Were you able to get to the tailgate before, Kate? I didn't make it to the tailgate. I came down to watch warm-up and, and talk to some of the guys so that I would have some tidbits to bring you You're such a for pro, the rest Kate. of the game. You're such a pro. You know, I, I, I see, I would have been down there at the tailgate. You're a pro. You're getting all the inside info. I love it. I'm I sure am, it was packed. I am. I'm sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was packed there. So, with, with Ricky Ray coming back, of course, it, it, Kate, like it's... You, whether you're a fan or a teammate and an actual player on the team, whenever a starting quarterback gets back, especially a franchise guy like Ricky Ray, just the natural confidence get built up. Nothing against Fajardo or Matthews, but from talking to the players, do they feel more confident to you that Ray's back? Absolutely, and we talked to the receivers and Ricky throughout the season because it was such a new group that building chemistry was so important, and that's something that they've really been working on, and establishing that communication has been so key so when you lose a veteran leader in a new group of guys, that's already difficult. But what people don't know, probably because Ricky is such a quiet guy, and you wouldn't think you know, he's a big-time leader in the locker room, but he is, and his presence alone gives guys confidence, especially in a new group that's still adjusting. And with some newer receivers uh, coming out today especially, it's a big boost for this team, and it's a boost in the locker room, and it's a boost for the confidence of everyone that they know that if they are where they're supposed to be, Ricky's going to get the ball to them. Yeah, and he's such a calming force. Like you saw, there's pictures on the monitors behind us. He's sitting in his locker, his legs up. He's just, you know, could be a Sunday afternoon on the back porch. Like that, having that calmness just brings everybody together, doesn't it? It's funny because it reminds me of watching Mark Tressman, especially with some of these road games, being able to keep your eyes on Mark a little bit more than when I'm running around here on the sidelines. But they both have this level of calm, even when things, as we saw in the Calgary game, for example, are going absolutely south on the express train. (laughs) They just have this level of calm because nothing's going to change unless they're making adjustments. And he just has this cool and you never really know what's going on. But I have been told by players over the years that he is one of the funniest guys, and he drops some serious one-liners. So <laughs> he's the kind of guy that, that they respect, and he keeps his cool, and he knows uh, he, there's a reason he's been in the league this long and been as successful as he has been. You have to keep your cool in those situations because blowing up and getting unnecessary penalties or any of that for, for everyone on all sides of the ball isn't going to help anyone. No, no. And, and he's a veteran, and he's a leader, and... He's a quiet leader, but he gets the job done 100%. And he is back leading the Argos this afternoon. Kate, people can follow you on Twitter for info during the game, at Kate Pedersen, underscore, at the end of that. Uh, We'll hear you throughout the broadcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. Have a great game. All right, you too. That is Kate Pedersen, as I said, at Kate Kate Pedersen, underscore, at the end, to follow along uh, for injury updates and all that fun stuff there. So, uh, as kickoff is coming just after 4 o'clock, want you to hear from the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, Mark Tressman. The first question to him in his pre- uh, pregame press conference was, how does it feel to have Ricky Ray back? It's good to have him back. It's good to uh, you know, have him practice all three days. And, uh, you know, we functioned well this week, and we've got to you know, take what we did on the practice field and, and turn it into a, uh, you know, a positive thing tomorrow. I mean, without being critical of the people that were there in, in his place, but what does this if a 17-year veteran bring to an offense? Really? I prefaced it before <laughs> I asked it. Really? I mean... Okay, let's see. What are some of his strengths then? Let's well, you know, we know that. I mean, he's been playing the game a long time. He's seen everything. Um, you know, he's just an outstanding leader and player, and he's been an outstanding player on a consistent basis for a very long time. He's a, certainly a decorated veteran of our league, and and, uh, you know, he's arguably one of the, the, the greatest quarterbacks to play in this league based on, uh, you know, what he's accomplished. So, uh, you know, we're absolutely excited to have him back and grateful that uh, his, his uh, injury was uh, a minimal one. If, is there a contingency? Would you, you know, should the worst-case scenario happen, knock on wood, it doesn't, but would you go Cody or Jeff? Yeah, or? I, I haven't really come to that conclusion. I think the game, the type of game will can 
you know, be part of that. And also, you know, how our roster sits tomorrow and at the end of the afternoon here because we've used, uh, we've used Dakota in, uh, in a special teams position, so we'll have to come, to come up with one. And uh, the logical choice right now is Cody. He's, uh, he's, our, he's our holder, and uh, he's also part of our short yards and goal line package, so the obvious choice, unless we make a change with Dakota, uh, would be to, uh, to have Cody up. Mark, how much of an advantage is it playing the same team back-to-back? -back? You know, I don't look at it that way. I try to take it as two separate entities, okay. even though it is the same team. And we, we start over, we look at the games, we break it down, we, we see what they did against us last week and what they did in the previous weeks, and, and we put a, put a game plan together accordingly. Certainly the, the last game, because it's against the common opponent, obviously, is, is the most significant. But we also have to look at uh, the things they did prior to that because uh, some things that they did prior didn't show up, and we would expect them to show up a little bit more this week. So that, that's the basic approach. Does Cash have a chance tomorrow Cash night? will be up tomorrow. He practiced this week, okay. and so he'll get some reps. How much he'll play, I don't know, Frank, but, but he'll be up, and he'll be playing at some point in time during the game. What do you think he provides uh, you guys with? Well, I think, uh, you know, number one, Dylan Wynn has had a, he's been, is playing very well. And uh, not only uh, physically, but with his sense of urgency and his effort level has been very high. So, you know, we expect to, to move him in. We have a pack, you know, we have a package for him to get in there and, and be part of it. And you know, he's a he he, he we, we know what he is. He's been uh, you know a significant run stopper and a good pass rusher. He's a quality player, and uh, we think he's back at full strength. And and uh, we'll give him some reps tomorrow to see how he does. Are the Kendall Sanders was a was a possibility for for tomorrow's game. What happened in the last few days, or is it just roster roster machinations? Yeah, it, it's, it's roster, and uh, and uh, he came up. Uh, he, he got his ankle rolled up on a couple of days ago, and and that's significantly. And and we're we're going to take a you know, take a good look at him before the game again, um, before we make a final decision on what we're going to do with the roster, because we have that ability to do that prior to the game, as long as you know we've notified the opposing team, and that's what we'll do. All right, that was head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, Mark Tressman. Yeah, uh, as he started the interview, feels great to have Ricky Ray back, obviously, because without Ricky Ray, he got nine points. Nine! A week ago. And whenever something happens like that, people, oh, well, what do you do about the quarterback situation? Well, a guy's a franchise starting quarterback for a reason. Right? It's That's what Ricky Ray is. He had Fajardo, again, throw for 75. Matthews throw for 67 yards. Fajardo ran for some. Makes total sense, as Coach was saying there, uh, to have Fajardo as the backup for short yardage. And he's the holder, right? You need that comfort level, and you need that rhythm with your holder as well. Fajardo, big-bodied guy, too. So for short yardage, you obviously don't want Ricky Ray out there. So someone needs to put his head down and plow forward? Yeah. Cody Fajardo, 6'5". 215. Yeah, that's that's a good guy to have uh, leaning forward if you need a yard or two. So the Argos trying to avenge their 21-9 loss against the Montreal Alouettes, a man who's not on the field for that loss a week ago because he was nursing that injured throwing shoulder was Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray spoke to the media and began about saying how he always wants to be out there to help his team. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you always want to be out there to try and help your team and, um, you know, I got the opportunity to be back and uh, get back out there on the field, so I'm definitely excited for the opportunity. You've been obviously playing longer. The records are piling up. You're close to another Conrad Holloway record. Do the records mean anything to you at this point? Um, I mean, not really at this point. I mean, obviously, you know, when you're done playing, uh, if you've got a few records to look back on it, you know, it makes it fun. But records are really, I mean, you can only celebrate with yourself with records. Um, you know, the more things I'll remember are the, you know, the Grey Cup teams I've been on. I mean, you get to celebrate those with, with everybody. And um, I, don't, I don't remember them bringing a, a player back to celebrate a record. But you always remember all the teams they bring back to celebrate, you know, championship teams. So uh, th that's where the fun memories are. you suffered so many shoulder injuries over your career. I'm sure you're getting sick and yeah. tired of, of talking about it, of being asked about it. But is there anything more you can do to protect yourself and... and, and like, do you, do you now, I, I know you guys always block it out of your mind, but yeah. how do you do it? Because it's happened so often now. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with, with my shoulder, it's just been, just got caught in some awkward positions. You know, when I first first heard it um, a few years back, I just kind of had my arm above my head when I, when I landed and 
this year it was, you know, I had my arm going up to throw and got hit from the side. I mean, if my arm would have been down, I would have just been another hit. So, um, with those things, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's just being in an awkward spot. But obviously, I mean, we work hard on pass protection and as quarterbacks trying to, you know, do your part in that, which is getting rid of the football and in a timely manner. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to do sometimes. Do you have any concerns that another shot will will send you down again? Um, I mean, there's there's always a chance for that, but I mean, you go into every game just just worried about the game and uh, deal with whatever comes your way. I think if when you start worrying about stuff like that, it's probably time to to, to stop playing. So, um, I mean, we it's a physical game. I mean, guys are getting dinged up all the time, and I think you just put that you know out out of your mind and you just try and go out and play hard and and see what happens. Rick, was there a thrill this week that when you completed it or attempted it, you felt that I'm ready for this for this week? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a combination of, you know, a lot of throws this week, really. I mean, um, the, the positive for me was just every day it, it felt like it kept getting better. It wasn't like I threw, um, you know, hard one day and then it was kind of a setback the next day. Every day felt better and I felt like um, I was making the throws I needed to make out there at practice, so you know, just kind of building that confidence back up. Are you still doing that routine that Klaus sort of? I, I still do um, a, a lot of the stuff that I learned um, when I was down there. Um, not the exact routine I, I was doing last year, but parts of it kind of got it narrowed down to to what I like and what helps me out. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff now that I that I do for my shoulder um, that I didn't do when I was younger, and, and obviously I have to do it now with with some of the injuries I've had and, and just keeping, keep, keep, or making sure that I'm on top of it. That was Ricky Ray of the Toronto Argonauts starting quarterback as he is back returning from that injured shoulder that he hurt against the Calgary Stampeders. So it will be Ricky Ray versus Darian Durant, another seasoned veteran on the Montreal uh, side, of, uh, side of the ball. And, and the Alouettes offense, again, has not been able to consistently put up points this season. The defense has been very good, but if you can have Ricky Ray clicking, the Alouette's offense, I don't think is going to be able to keep up with them. So the key for the Argos to me, obviously keep Ricky safe, give him time, and make plays after the catch. Give him some nice little um, yak yards with the likes of Anthony Coombs uh, and company there. So we're going to take the break. Kickoff is coming up Next, from BMO Field, Toronto Argonauts at 3 and 5, second in the East, hosting the Montreal Alouettes 3 and 4, first in the East Division. Argonaut football coming up on TSN 1050. Football is football. Doesn't matter how many men are on the field or how many downs there are, it's football. There's hitting, lots of hitting, and I like hitting. This is football, baby. Argos football on TSN 1050. Here we go. First place on the line in the East Division. Toronto Argonauts second in the East. Hosting the first place, Montreal Alouettes. The East could not be tighter after an Ottawa Red Blacks win yesterday. They are one point back of both of these clubs. Very important game today as well as if Montreal wins... They take the season series, and that could have huge tie-break implications with the Argos later on come playoff time. So for the Argonauts, and we'll send it down. Kickoff is going to be uh, in about three minutes' time. Uh, we're going to send it down now, though, to Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson. Gentlemen, going to be a big one today. Have some fun. We will. Thank you, Andy McNamara. Jeff Johnson and join me. My name is Mike Hogan, and uh, welcome to... Uh the circus, so to speak. The CNE is underway, and uh, we got the midway rides out there, and hopefully we'll have a wild ride in here today. Yeah, Hog, I might want to just jump out for a quick minute and grab, uh, you know, roller coaster ride there and a little cotton candy oh, for you know, in. In, in, in between break. But it looks like a beautiful afternoon here for some football, and uh, and I'm this is a, in my from my perspective a very intense and a very important must-win game for the Argos. Okay, here's here's why I went to broadcast school so I could come up with questions like this. You ready? Yes. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Ricky Ray is back. Is that a good thing? What? <laughs> Come on. That's a huge thing. So yeah. yes, it's uh, Argos got their obviously their their captain, um, the guy driving the ship, back to tonight, and I think uh, obviously the the limiting the pressures on him is going to be huge. 
Um, you know, I, I imagine it was just a, somewhat of a bruise because he looks like he's throwing the ball very well and is uh, pain-free. So, yeah, it's it's huge. And I think more importantly, uh, getting them started fast, which Ricky has done so far this year, is going to be a, a huge key to this game. Got to get in the end zone, though. Uh, yeah. 11 possessions now without a touchdown. And this is astonishing. One touchdown in the last 23 offensive possessions. That's ugly. That's an ugly stat right there, yes. Finishing the drives, you know, turning those threes into sevens is something that uh, is spoken about in the locker room and is very important uh, to come away with that W. I should mention, just doing the coin flip now, there are uh, three alumni, and uh, you were teammates of two of the three, are, are around for uh, different presentations today. Out doing the coin flip today is a guy who didn't play in this building nor at the Rogers Center, but uh, he played to our building just a little bit right of here, at Exhibition Stadium, part of the uh, uh, that late 60s, uh, early 70s run. Gene Mack is out there. Nice. That's, uh, that's a throwback. He's a beast, wasn't he? And yeah. your two teammates, Adrian Ombelli and uh, Chuck Winters, are here. couple of beauties, yeah. both awesome, awesome teammates, football players, and just guys, they're, they're, they're great people and, uh, you know, giving back all the time. Uh, if both of them made impacts every moment that they stepped on the field. And Gene Mack is like omnipresent in commercials, and uh, he was in Police Academy, and you always see him in the, <laughs> in the movies that are filmed up here as well. But he's obviously brought some luck. Argonauts won the task. They have deferred. Montreal's going to get the ball to start. And there's a bit of a breeze here today, and the Argonauts are going to get the wind here in the first quarter as well. So an opportunity to use uh, the kickoff and smart the win to uh, maybe get some field position. But Montreal wanted the ball. Yeah, so. given that second half uh, option, I like that for the Argos perspective. You know, come out in the second half, see what the wind's doing, yep. right, and decide what you want to do and... Uh, you know, usually you want to start fast, so um, yeah, no, I think that's the right move to defer. So we'll tee up the starting defense, then, because they'll be out first for the Toronto Argonauts. The ends are Sean Lemon and uh, Troy Davis. Jeff Finley and Dylan Wynn are the tackles. The linebackers, Bear Woods, in the middle against his former team. Cassius Vaughn is the Sam, and Marcus Ball, the Will linebacker. The corners, Kudarius Ford, although I don't know if he's going to play the field corner, they're going to move him inside. Apwazi Wusuansaw just took B.J. Cunningham out of the game last week. Brandon Harris and Rico Murray scheduled to be the halfbacks. Matt Black back in the middle. He will be uh, the safety in place of the injured Jermaine Gabriel. So it will be Liram Haralahu teeing things up. And it will be Stefan Logan, very dangerous, lone man back for the Alouettes. Argos in white on white on white with baby blue high socks today. So that's an interesting, interesting look. <laughs> so Liram tees it up on the far hash marks. Argos moving toward the lake left to right here on TSN 1050, and this game is underway, and it's a good deep kickoff to the nine-yard line. Logan will take it. He'll go up the hash marks far side, go into the pile, takes it all the way up to the 37-yard line. So good starting position for Darian Durant and company. Last week against the Argonauts, Durant 18 of 27, 67%, threw for 237 yards, a couple of touchdowns with no interceptions. Argos did not force a turnover last week against the Alouettes. Well, this uh, I've got this Argonaut defense, another key to the game, and I think the number of pressures. I don't know if you saw that, but pressures is a, is a very good indicator of who's going to win with the teams with the more pressures uh, coming out on the positive end there. Alouette start with a tight end on the left side. Ball on the right hash mark. They've got uh, a receiver just outside the tackle on the right side as well. Durant back to pass, looks right, then dumps off to the check down man with a late flag, and it's a completed pass out of the backfield to Terrell Sutton, but only for a couple of yards. Is this a hold or a late hit? And it's going to be a hold against the Alouettes. That was a great physical effort by that Argo D-line. Terrell Sutton out of Northwestern, a very dangerous back, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. And we'll see what the Alouettes uh, have to face here. Our official today. Nope, Montreal number 58. 10-yard penalty. Still first down. The center, Luke Brodeur-Jordain, is guilty. Tim Croker is our head official today so they'll take the penalty it'll move it back to the 27 yard line it's second down and or first down rather and 10. I like what the Argo D line there basically they just got off the ball and decided they were going to bull rush the Alouette offensive line and drive them back and they collapsed the pocket quick so looking physical early. Lemon on the left or boundary side he's got Troy Davis to the near side Argo's in a 40 front Durant changes things at the line of scrimmage Argo's pre-snap looks like they're sending pressure they don't and Durant is going to go to the seam, and it's going to be almost intercepted. Oh, boy, Matt Black had that one in his back pocket and couldn't squeeze it at the 40-yard line. That could have been a big play for the double blue. Oh, my goodness. Intended receiver B.J. Cunningham was cutting in on a <coughs> dig pattern from left to right, and just as he was cutting in, 
Matt Black read it, cut in behind, and the ball was actually behind B.J. and behind Matt Black and went through his hands. He wants that one back. Second down and 20 now. From their own 27-yard line, still over on the right hash mark. Single back is Sutton. Two receivers to the right, three to the wide side. Back to pass again, Durant. He wants to go to the right, and he's hit as he throws the football, and it will hit the carpet, and the decision to take the penalty, a good one for Toronto. It's third down and 20, and out comes the punt unit. There's our pressure there, Hoagie. That's uh, some pressure from Dylan Wynn and Troy Davis. Defensive lineman didn't get a sack, but they were in Durant's faces as he threw this football, and... uh, Hit him just as he was releasing it. Boris Beatty has not been good punting the football this year. Just a 43-yard average, and it will be Martiz Jackson back. This one is a good kick, although the wind is going to knock it down at the 39-yard line. Far numbers. Jackson right north-south gets up to the 50-yard line. An 11-yard return, though there's a flag on the play on the far side of the field. And for more of that's thrown, that's going to be probably holding or an illegal block against the Argonauts, but... Tim Croker will let us know for sure. Offense for the Toronto Argonauts will be the offensive line from left to right. Will Campbell, the rookie out of Michigan, Tyler Holmes, Sean McEwen, Corey Watman, and Chris Van Zyl. Legal block, Toronto number 82. 10-yard penalty, first down. Malcolm Williams, the guilty party there. The receiving core, as far as the starters go, will be Malcolm Williams, S.J. Green, uh, Anthony Coombs, Armadi Edwards, and Jeff Fuller. The running back is Brandon Whitaker, who had a whale of a game last Oof, week against the Alouettes. And Ricky Ray back at quarterback. Yes, he is starting. The 15-year veteran, now in his sixth year with Toronto. Ball at the 34-yard line after the penalty. First down, Toronto. Scoreless game, just nicely underway here at BMO. Play action, they dump it out. Here's Declan Cross, the tight end, who's in as a starter in that formation. And the McMaster product's going to get about eight yards out to the 43. They're using Declan Cross a lot this year. That's his ninth catch. And I say by a lot, a lot more than they did a year ago where he was basically uh, a decoy downfield. Yeah, he, uh, Declan's shown that he can catch the football and get upfield and run aggressively, and he's got uh, some good speed once he turns that corner. There he releases uh, in the flat from left to right, does a great job of pulling in the ball and turning upfield for uh, almost close to a first down. And Cody Fajardo now in a quarterback. The reason is it's second and one, a kind spot for the Argonauts, and they're going to go to the ground game, and it's going to be Brandon Whitaker taking it out to the 45, and that's going to be a first down. Here's a, b- a bizarre stat for you, JJ. Yes. Aver- average yards per rush, okay? Yeah. For Toronto, people who have carried the ball this year. Whitaker, 4.7 yards. Yeah. Wilder, 4.6 yards. Fajardo, 4.7 yards. Coombs, 4.7 yards. Ricky Ray, 4.7 yards. Get lost. You're making that up, I, I wish I could. Come I, on. I had to double-check the math. I thought it might be a typo. That is odd. That's very odd. Trips formation to the left side. Ball on the right hash mark for the Argos. First and 10. And they're going to go to Whitaker again. And uh, number three is going to take it out close to the 50-yard line. For about three yards last week, his best game of the season. 13 carries for 96 yards. 7.4 yards as opposed to 4.7. And, uh, yeah, flip that over. And uh, four catches as well for 24 yards. So 120 total yards for Whitaker last week. Ground it and pound it. I like that. That's uh, close to four yards. I'd like to get a little more than that. How about that 4.7? Alouette's in a 40 front right now. Ray back to pass on second down and six. He'll come to the near side. He's got a man for the first down, and it's Armadi Edwards. Out of Appalachian State, the former quarterback of that team. And they are coming up to the 10th anniversary a little bit later on this year of that stunning upset win, Appalachian State over Michigan. And Armani was on one side of the ball that day, and Johnny Sears Jr. was on the other side of the ball with Michigan that day. I think their memories of that Saturday afternoon are a little bit different. Yeah, just a tad, but that was a heck of a catch and even better throw. Ricky puts it right in the breadbasket as Armani comes out of his cut. First down at the 43-yard line. Back to passes, Ray, four-man pressure. He'll get it under, uh, just under the coverage, and he's got S.J. Green at the 35-yard line, good for eight. So, again, good positive yardage on first down. See, and this is something the Argos, uh, I don't think they, they don't, I think they got away from this kind of tempo of offense for a couple weeks now, and it's uh, more of a three-step drop. Ricky's getting the ball in his hands, and he's making a quick throw. Um, and, you know, part of it is what the defense has given them, and, and they've got good tempo going right now. Sets up a second down and almost two to go. So Ray remains in there. It's a lone setback with Whitaker. And they've got the double tight end set. Whitaker will run left side. A hole opens up, and he's going to get the first down down to the 30-yard line for a gain of five. And another Toronto Argonaut first down. 
And that was a great block by Declan Cross. He came across, and he's got to cut off John Bowman on the backside. Let me tell you, John Bowman was the toughest guy to cut off on the backside of any run play in the CFL. Why? Just awareness? He's very powerful, and he gets low, and Declan actually got knocked back on that last play, which is the first time I've seen, and that's just, you know, that's the kind of guy John Bowman is. First down, Argos, just outside the 30-yard line. Scoreless game, nicely underway here at BMO. And it will be Ricky Ray. Play action, rolls out to the left, throws across his body, has a man inside the 20. It is another first down. S.J. Green, part of the mass exodus of Montreal Alouette players to Toronto, and he's got another Argo first down inside the 20. They'll give him the 17-yard line. Somebody's got a little extra hop in their step out there, Hoagie. I don't know if you noticed, but Ricky just looks like he's feeling like a little groove right now. He's happy to be out there. Oh, I bet he is. Looks like a kid in the candy store. When the initial prognosis is four to six weeks, and you're back a week later. Jeez. That's a bonus. Well, he rolled out to his left there and had to square up his shoulders and sling it in a difficult throw, but looked great. Ball at the 17-yard line, first down, Argonauts. Three receivers to the left side. They're going to run a counter to Whitaker. He'll get knocked down at the 15-yard line. Former Ar- or former Alouettes playing for the Argonauts tonight. Uh, you've got Woods. Alan Michael Cash is uh, dressing for the first time as an Argonaut today. Bear Woods, Jeff Finley. Martise Jackson, Brandon Whitaker, S.J. Green, and don't forget Chris Van Zyl 100 years ago played for the Alouettes as well, drafted as an all-Canadian defensive lineman out of McMaster. And he's been here for 10 years. His first year, though, was with the Alouettes. Second down and nine from the 16-yard line. Loose trips formation to the near side. Back to pass is Ray. Wants to go this way. He's running a fade to the end zone. He's looking. S.J. Green touchdown. S.J. Green against his former team has the touche, as they would say in Montreal. And the Argonauts are on the board first. What a pass. Oh, my goodness. It was perfect. And you know what? Ricky put that up in a spot where he knew S.J. was going to turn, make the adjustment, and go up and get it. The Argos had a, a bunch to the right of Ricky Ray, and S.J. was running a corner pattern. I believe that was uh, Armani Edwards going vertical. And as Jess J makes his cut, he's got, he ends up with Chip Cox, Kyrie Zaber, all around him. And uh, what does SJ do? He just goes up, he does a 360, goes up behind him and grabs that football. Beautiful catch. Makes it look easy. I'm sure as a father of four young ones, you hear occasionally, mine. <laughs> That's what SJ just did in the end zone. Here's uh, oh, no, I never hear that. Liram Haralahu in. He's got the kick, and it is good. He hasn't missed one all year. Only three in the league have done that. 7 nothing Argos. Nicely underway here at BMO. We'll come back uh, as we continue with Argonaut football here on the home of the Boatman. It's TSN 1050. On the first drive of this huge game in the East, between the Argos and the Alouettes. Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson with you. Nicely underway. Beautiful day here in Montre- in uh, Toronto against Montreal. <laughs> the Alouettes on the it brain there. Gorgeous. For a beautiful day. Just fantastic. Gorgeous. And you know what, Hope? They did kind of make it look easy. Like it was Ricky dropped back, three-step drop, and it was his first read. He was dropping the ball off, moving it left, moving it right, and a uh, couple runs mixed in. Finishes it with a beautiful throw to S.J. Green. And he was going there the whole way. So uh, the Argos obviously preparing very well. And in their first 15 have, uh, I mean, I think there was about seven or eight plays there maybe. had uh, They had nine plays, five passes, four runs. Um, great balance. And five of five, Ricky Ray, 65 yards. So nine plays scripted very well, led to a touchdown. That's how you want to start a game. And that's something they haven't been able to do for the past couple of weeks. And it's great to have uh, Mr. Ray back out there. Stefan Logan is deep, very dangerous returner. All five foot six of them. And he'll take this back at the four-yard line. Harulahu with a nice kick. Logan stutter step, tries to spin off a tackler at the 20. That's not going to happen. Dakota Prukop, the third-string quarterback, got down for the tackle. His fourth special team tackle of the season. We'll take another quick timeout. 7-0 Argos. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. 16-yard touchdown pass from Ricky Ray to S.J. Green on the Argos' first possession. Has given them the lead here against the Alouettes early on in this game. About uh, six and a half minutes in. Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson with you. Kate Pedersen down on the sidelines. We've got Andy McNamara back at the ranch as our pre and post and halftime host. Hope you're enjoying your uh, drive around Toronto today. You're listening online on tsn1050.ca, wherever you may be. And Bear Woods just put on a display trying to fire his defense up. I don't know what that was. It looked like he was almost doing an Irish jig 
<laughs> as linebackers are just waiting for uh, Tim Croker to blow things in, waiting for the uh, TV types to get back in. And we'll see what the Argos dial up defensively here. First down to the 21-yard line for the Alouettes, down seven. And Darian Durant, who's 0 for 2 on that opening drive, will try it again. They'll put uh, Nick Lewis in motion from left to right. And they're going to run to the right side. And it's Sutton who's going to bounce it outside of the 25 and not get any further than that. They may give him the 26-yard line. But when they get off the bottom of the pile, of course, Bear Woods is going to be there. Troy Davis was in on the tackle as well. Gain of five. Some solid defense from the Argos there. That's Sutton. He's an unreal, uh, unreal tailback. Plays very aggressively and is very, very quick. Tough to find, too. He's 5'8", 213, though. He can change direction going full yeah. speed, which is incredibly dangerous. Alouettes are going to go tight end to the right side to ramp back to pass. Ball on the far hash mark. Has some time. Wants to go deep. Nothing doing. Rolling, rolling. And now he's going to dump it off. He's got Nick Lewis wide open. And he's going to be thrown out of bounds by Marcus Ball. And there's going to be a penalty for probably a high tackle on Come that on. one. Hold on a minute. So Nick Lewis is catches the ball. You know, he's got the ball in one hand. He's carrying it like a loaf of bread. Let's hear the call. Right. Well, Let's hear the call. Face mask. I got the iron. Number That's six. why. 15 okay. yards out of the end right. of the play. An automatic first down. All right. I thought Fair. they called it uh, a late hit or something like Fair that. Fair Woods right? ended up in no man's land there and didn't realize he had help over there. He went up to take the quarterback, and that left Nick Lewis wide open. It did, and Marcus was uh, coming from the far side, Marcus Ball, so he had a longer way to run. Marcus ended up coming in with the tackle and get, get, catching that face mask a bit. First down for the Alouettes at their own 54-yard line. Durant, pressure with four, gets it over to the right side to the numbers. Terrell has the, Sutton has the catch. But he is tackled immediately as it was Marcus Ball and Rico Murray in on the tackle. Love watching these linebackers fly to that ball. Right when Terrell Sutton makes this catch, runs a little flat pattern, Durant puts it in his hands, and just as he, when the ball is halfway there, Marcus Ball is coming downhill already. And as soon as he touched it, he was on top of him. Great tackle by Marcus. A gain of one. It's second and nine. Ball right on the midfield stripe. On the right hash mark for the Alouettes wearing their road reds. White helmets, blue pants, and moving from right to left. Ball on the right hash mark. Durant looks things over. Four-man rush once again. And he eludes the first guy and dumps it off underneath the Sutton, who's going to be close to first down yardage, but probably a yard-plus short. So now... We're going to have to see what Jacques Chapdelaine will do in terms of making a decision. Maybe a bit of a kind spot. It's less than a yard. They're going to mark it right at the 47-yard line. They have to get to just outside the 46. They're so for it. we'll call it a foot and a half to get the first down, and they bring in the Hoggies. Foot and a half. Yeah, yeah. that looks close to a yard to me, Hope. Actually, they, Based on the they, marks did, on the they did mark it back outside the 47 initially. He had it right on the 47. This is a full yard. Argonauts bring folks into the box. Bear Woods is up tight. He's on the line. They're going to run it off the right side, and Sutton is going to get the first down to the 45-yard line. He needed one. He got two and a half. Finley gotten to, managed to get into the backfield there, but a great job by Sutton to get around that penetration by Finley, and that was on Brodeur Jordan that Finley drove through. Great blocking by Christian Matt on the right side at the guard spot for the Alves creates that space so that uh, Sutton could get vertical in the first down. I saw Jeff Finley play quite a bit at Guelph. Yeah. He looks like a different guy. Like, And, and he's, he was fun to watch at that level, but he is playing with such speed and intensity at this level. He is so much fun to watch. He's standing out out there. Like, he's making plays. At tackle. That's tough to do. Here comes the blitz. Durant reads it, goes over the middle, and threw way behind the intended receiver who slipped and fell down. He was looking for B.J. Cunningham, who only had last week three catches for 30 yards as a quasi ansaw shut him down. Shut him down. Well, there's the Argo D-line again, just driving that Al's offensive line back, making Durant feel a little uneasy, forces him out of the pocket, pushes him back a bit, and uh, just threw that ball behind B.J. Second attempt from the 45-yard line. It would be a 52-yard field goal right now into the wind, so... The Owls are going to need some yardage That's here to attempt the three. Back to pass Durant. 
five-man rush. He dumps it off. Man wide open in the flat is Sutton. He's going to get the first down, spinning down inside the 35 to the 33-yard line. Can't do that. And this is the Terrell Sutton show so far. Can't do that. The Argos are playing a little two-man where they uh, drop a couple of safeties back, and then they've got man-on-man, and you try to keep the defense in front of you. But you know what? That works except when you give the ball to Terrell Sutton, and he's got eight yards of open space to run. And... uh, he just, he, you know what, you can't do that because Terrell Sutton's going to get the first down every time. 7-0 Argos, four minutes remaining here in quarter number one. Alouettes with the ball, their second possession so far today. And they have put a nice drive together. They're at the 33-yard line. Ball on the right hash mark, three receivers to the right. Single coverage to the wide side, or to the near side, and they're going to go up the middle again to Sutton, who's going to get about five yards. Great push by that Al's offensive unit. And even better job by Terrell Sutton to push, push, the, push the gap. So... The offensive line's working from left to right, driving the Argo D-line to the right. And as Sutton continues to push that way, it pulls the linebackers over. It helps the offensive linemen engage in their blocks, and then Sutton cuts in behind that offensive unit. Four receivers will come to the near side. Ernest Jackson, single coverage up top. Ansaw's on him. Again, Argos bring the house. They hit Duran as he throws the football. Late flag comes down. Lewis makes the catch and will be about a yard shy of the first down. Now, was there a hold or a late hit here? And it's going to be roughing the passing here against the Argonauts. That must be a low hit or something, because to me, they hit him just as he threw the ball. Durant drops back, throws the ball, and, I mean, Marcus Ball is on top of the passer. Toronto, number 98. Half the distance to the goal, automatic first down. Dylan Wynn, who may have been the best player on the field for the Argonauts a week ago, is going to be penalized. I'd like to see the replay on this, because it might be a high-low kind of situation, because Ball engages Durant. Boy, did Wynn get off the line in a hurry. That's not roughing the passer. No, that's terrible That is not roughing the passer. That's a terrible call. He did not hit him low. He hit him right in the middle of the body. He just followed like he just That's followed through and barely touched him. Didn't hit him high, didn't hit him low. Durant was falling, and Wynn basically just went with him to the ground. Didn't throw him to the ground at all? I, I don't get that one. First down and 10. Back to pass. Durant from the 12. Goes end zone. He's going for Cunningham, who overthrew him. He had a step on Brandon Harris, but it was just overthrown. It'll be second down and 10. Yeah, Durant will walk that one back because B.J. Cunningham run into the corner. Runs a nice route, creates a separation. So he pushes vertical, and he has Harris thinking he might go vertical, and then he makes a beautiful cut, creates separation, gets another yard of space, and Durant just overthrows him. Second and 10 from the 12. So, yes, the Alouettes can get the first down without scoring. And they're going to start with three receivers to the near side, two up top. And they've got Sutton in the backfield standing to the right of Durant in the pistol. Now Jackson goes in motion from left to right. Back to pass is Durant. He's looking in the direction of Jackson, and it's intercepted at the goal line. Picked off. Argos have it. It's Cassius Vaughn. He's got a little bit of room. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. He's taken down to the 28-yard line. Cassius Vaughn bails out the Argos, his second interception of the season, and the Argos have the ball. No flags on the play. Toronto first down when we come back. They lead 7-0. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Just got to look at that replay, and what a nice job by Cassius Vaughn to come up with that interception. Well, Ernest Jackson loops around from left to right behind Durant, and as he releases, Cassius Vaughn is coming from the inside of the inside of the box and following Ernest Jackson. Jackson tries to kind of give him a move like he's going to run an out or possibly a corner, and then he tries to cut underneath Cassius. Problem is, Ernest should have taken another step towards the corner to make Vaughn commit. Vaughn doesn't commit. Ernest Jackson makes the cut to come back inside. Who's standing there? Cassius Vaughn. The ball gets thrown right into Cassius' hands. And great job by Vaughn because as he makes the interception, he actually, his feet are on the, uh, the turf in the end zone there. He slips. Ernest Jackson doesn't realize that the interception is made because he and so he doesn't lean forward to touch him. Vaughn has the awareness, gets up, realizes he hasn't been touched, turns it into a, a big return the other way, and he's got Troy Davis making blocks, and the Argos uh, come up with a huge defensive play. So all of a sudden, the Argonauts have it. They dodge the bullet. It's still 7-0, Toronto. And they've got the ball at the 28-yard line. And they're all white uniforms today. And they are moving from left to right toward the lake. That's a critical error by Jackson, not tagging him down there. Play action. They run a little bubble screen on the far side for Armani Edwards. His second catch of the night is good for about six yards. And we got some pushing and shoving. Chris Van Zyl, who just doesn't shut up. And neither does Kyrie's a bear. Oh, that could be, like, 
the king of the league. Mm-hmm. This could be the heavyweight belt of trash talk today. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. Kyrie's in the box against Chris Van Zyl, and you know what? He'll be coming too, so there will be occasions where Chris well, will engage with him potentially. Kyrie's a bear find the maximum allowed by the CBA for his hit on Cody Fajardo last that, week. That was bad. It's tipped at the line of scrimmage and almost picked off. Defensive lineman got up in the air, knocked it up in the air, and it was a nice job actually by one of the Argos offensive linemen to knock a bear as the ball was in the air, legal after the tip, or he may have had an easy interception. I don't know. I mean, th- that could potentially be fumble interference, right? Because the ball's up in the air, and a bear is going for the ball, so he's now technically... And Tyler Holmes gives him a shot, so... Uh, you know, the refs didn't call that. The Argos get away with, uh, I think, got away with one there a little bit. Haralahu is back at his own 18-yard line. Steph Logan is back. Kick is high. Wobbles outside the numbers. Good Ooh. directional kick. Almost to the sideline of the 30. And Logan will go down at the 35-yard line. We'll take the timeout. We'll come back, and we'll hear from Kate Pedersen on the sidelines. Argos leading 7-0. Minute 13 remaining here in quarter one. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Hogan and Johnson with you, 7-0 for the Argos over Montreal. The third uh, person here for us is Kate Pedersen down on the sideline. What do you have for us, Kate? Well, Hogie, SJ Green making an impact on the field, but also with his veteran presence in the locker room. Now, it didn't start just this year. He and Anthony Coombs had a chance to catch up at the breakup in Winnipeg. Coombs asked asked him for advice, and SJ said, this is a game where two downs are so critical. You have to be good on first, or you have to be good on second, but there's no use for you, so that's been his mantra, to be a guy that they can go to on both first and second down to make a play and keep the momentum going. Thank you, Kate. Kate Pedersen down on the sidelines for us every home game here for Argo football. 7-0 Toronto leading Montreal. Alouettes have the ball at their own 36-yard line. Darian Durant, 5 of 10 so far for 39 yards and an interception, and a bad interception at the uh, last possession because it was at least three points. Interception at the goal line. Tight end to the near side. They're going to pound it again. Here's Sutton who will get maybe two yards on second effort as the Argos uh, by committee bring down the tailback. Sutton on the uh, first couple of series, three carries, 11 yards, but also has three catches for 21 more. Uh, Terrence Plummer in that middle linebacker for the Argos wrecking shop on that play. He just engaged Sutton and there was it was violent in there. Guys are hungry. So it'll be second down and about seven. And what are you pointing at Somebody's here? Somebody's on a knee here. I don't see somebody on a knee. Yeah, there's an Argo. He's down on a knee down there on the far side. Okay. If you there, oh, there we go. Okay, down at the 40 there if you need. Well, no, it's just a, it's all these white uniforms. He was it, he was like a polar bear in a snowstorm. I couldn't see him. I think that's a quasi. That would not. It is a quasi. It's that not would not good. be good. No, not good at all. He has been so good of late. You mentioned Terrence Plummer. Um, he played at Central Florida when that school had a great NCAA run, kind of out of nowhere. They made it all the way to the Fiesta Bowl. He was the defensive MVP of that game. His teammate was the offensive MVP, a guy named Blake Bortles, who is now being coached by Scott Milanovic wow. in Jacksonville. Yep. So it's kind of the six degrees of separation thing. He was an all-ACC C- all player with Central Florida. 6 241, that's a big boy. Yeah. And, uh if he didn't, he engaged Sutton, and I mean, this Argo defense is flying around because as Plummer engages, the Quasi was in there, Marcus Ball was in there, there was a bunch of other white jerseys that flew in, and Sutton still managed to get. I mean, that contact was made at near the line of scrimmage, and he still got three yards. So that just shows you the kind of power and effort that you get behind Terrell Sutton. It takes a few guys to bring him down. So AK stood up. Scott Shannon's out there working with him, and then he just decided to take a knee once again. So that's interesting find out uh, maybe Kate when he comes back to the sideline can find out what they're going to be looking at with a quasi saw. He stood up and went back down. Well, there was a lot of movement and collisions in there. I don't know. Didn't see exactly what happened, but uh, hopefully he's okay. He played at Little Indiana of Pennsylvania University, a D2 school, and they're bringing the card out. That's not cool at that all. That is not good at all. Jeez. And it was just, uh, I didn't see anything, but it was, no. uh, there was just a, a, a pile-up. It was uh, friendly fire. He was in the pile, right? And uh, you know what? The, things happen in the pile. It can be very dangerous. You know, ankles twist, knees get twisted. You, you just don't know. And he's he, not putting any weight on his one leg. Oh, uh, he's hopping. Oh, boy. No, that's not That certainly doesn't look all. good for the rest of the day, certainly. We're not going to play amateur 
doctors up here, but uh, Akwazi Wusuanza is a guy that fans probably don't notice a lot because they rarely throw at him. He's played every snap out there, I believe, for the Argonauts this year and only has 23 tackles. Why? They never throw at him. They never. He's bored, and even on the boundary side, where most of the action happens, he's been that good this year. And they're taking him off on the uh, on the Kubota, and that's uh, this is that's uh, tough. No, it's tough for many many reasons, and uh, you know, kind of. I mean, from a game perspective, the Argos have a challenge right now because. That is a key corner position. I Rico mean that, Murray's going to move over. That's there. where you have your best defensive player, in my opinion. Your bit, your best athlete is that short side corner, and Rico's over there, and he's going to be covering Ernest Jackson. So, this is something that uh, I'm sure the Alouettes are going to look to go after and test a little bit. Kadarius Ford is going to come in and play the halfback on the near side, and before the snap, there are flags all over the place. It's going to be procedure. Matt Black is now going out to play the field corner. And who else do we have out there? We've got Rico Maria's mentioned on the boundary. Great to corner. have Matt Black back yeah. in the roster. Like that kind of flexibility, having Matt out there, that you know he can go out there and play. The, I mean, I know Jermaine could do that as well, but Jermaine's hurt. And to find a guy, another Canadian that can start at yeah. free and also start at a field corner, it's very rare. So Cassius Vaughn is going to go back and play safety, and they're going to play now Plummer. It looks like. I think Webster's in the middle there, isn't he? Not Webster. No, no, sorry. No, it's uh. Back to pass now as we get back to live action. And right at the sticks, Ernest Jackson, they go right after Rico. And the cut is made, uh, catch is made right at the first down marker. And we'll see where they spot it. It is going to be a Montreal first down. They convert the second and 12. Yeah, that's a big second down conversion for the Alouettes. And the Argos have had the upper hand defensively the entire afternoon up until this point. I mean, for the whole first quarter. Just about to flip over here. Yeah, so Plummer is going to stay in. It looks like he's going to play the Will linebacker spot, and they're going to move Marcus Ball to the Sam. Hmm, interesting. First down at the 46-yard line, and they're going to go ground game again. Here's Sutton, and he'll get to the 50-yard line, and that's good for a gain of four. They're going to wear that kid out. Oh, man, that's going to test Marcus Ball because Marcus Ball playing at the Sam, we'll talk about it when we come back. Because we have hit the quarter time, 7-0 Argos, as uh, we have completed 15 minutes of play. You're listening to Argo Football on the home of the Boatman. It's TSN 1050.